With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, let's discuss this in more detail with a man who has his finger on the pulse with regards to the NRL. Here's our Chief Rugby League caller here at ESENZ. It is the one, the only, Mr. Sam Hewitt. I can't see him, but I assume he's wearing a cap. Hello, Sam. I am I'm wearing a cap, Daniel. Yeah, and actually my Warriors hoodie, uh, which wasn't sp- sort of out of protest or anything, just uh, simply the first thing I grabbed off the top of the shelf. Um, but yes, very uh, an interesting, what, 16 or so hours? Um, I'd say catastrophic is probably the word. I think I just did a three-minute piece where basically I said, <sighs> a huge sigh. It, it, it's deflating, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, it, it's I say catastrophic because it really is. I, I've racked my brain as to um, how this could be, you know, anything other than complete disaster for the Warriors, and there's just no, there's no other um, word or answer for it. Because you mentioned there, he big part of the success this season, playing, having a career best year. He was one of the best props in the NRL for a number of years, oh, but amazing. but became probably the best in 2023, certainly alongside Payne Haas. And, you know, whether or not, like I personally would put that down to Andrew Webster and, and what he managed to get out of all of his players this year. Um, and Adam, I think, even alluded to that. Um, I think it was just before the awards evening where he, he said, you know, Andrew Webster completely turned my game around and, and, you know, he became a guy who could play 70 minutes, who was great on attack and defence. Defensively, he was always a little bit shabby, but he, but he turned a corner in 2023. So, yeah, it's, it's, um, it's just so disappointing. And... You know the the big question obviously is is where, where do the Warriors go? Do they um, try and find a replacement, or do they just deny the request? Because I know that's what a lot of people want is just just don't give it to them. But you know you know this as well as I do, Daniel. How often in sport does that work out for the team where a guy who doesn't want to be there, you know, still plays as good as he did when he did want to be there? Um, just can't see that happening next year. Right. So you don't think there's any sort of sense to that? So we can we we can put a line through that idea. Well, it's difficult because from a club's point of view, like the club don't want to let him go. Without a shadow of a doubt, they do not want to let him go. And I think that's why the statement they released yesterday said, oh, you know, we're, we're exploring this, this early release clause. That's all we'll say. Whereas in the past, they've basically just said they've asked for an early release. We're giving it to them. So it shows that they don't want to let him go. But they're probably going to have to have the conversation with them of, you know, can we get another year out of you, you know, with the proviso you can leave after that? Or, you know, what? how can we make this work? Can we fly you to Sydney? If it is about being closer to family, can we fly you to Sydney, you know, once a week extra? Or can you stay an extra day after away trip so that you can be with your family? How can we make this work? Because I, I, the worst case scenario would be he, he vehemently wants to leave, doesn't want to stay. They don't want him to leave, so they make him stay. That, I think, is the worst outcome for 2024. But this is a three-year deal he's still got to run. 
This happens too often in the NRL, wouldn't you agree? Well, I it happens too often to the Warriors. And, you know, people, if you're listening in Australia, you probably roll your eyes, or oh, the Warriors fans. But it, the reality is that's true. How often do you hear a Melbourne Storm player saying, oh, I've got to move home to Sydney to be close to my family? Or a Queenslander saying, oh, I've got to move home to, or a Queenslander that's playing in Sydney saying, oh, I've got to move back to Brisbane to be close to my family. It just doesn't happen. It only happens to the Warriors, despite the fact that some of those places are almost the same distance away. So it's a very Warriors problem. And I said this yesterday, I wonder if, you know, the precedent's definitely been set for, you know, you come to the Warriors and if you want to get out, you just have to say you want to be close to your family because that's the excuse that's been used the last three or four times we've seen this happen. And it's maybe a bit of a catch-22. It may be for guys when, when you're based in Sydney and you want it and you're thinking about coming to the Warriors, you think to yourself, do I want to come over to New Zealand for three years? I may hate it, may not be what I want to do, and I'll be locked in for a three-year contract. Then they dangle the carrot of, you know, or, or they know that if they want to move back closer to family, that's the excuse they use and they get out of their contract. So it can be an enticer to the club, but it also then can completely backfire, as we've seen with these players that are leaving. So it's sort of a, a catch-22, but the precedent is set now. You know that if you come to the Warriors, as long as you say you want to be home closer to family, away you go, which is ironic because Adam Fenua Blake left Manly to be closer to his family. That's why he left the club, supposedly, and why he came over to New Zealand. So... I just wonder, you know, he's been up in England with Tonga. Um, I just wonder if there's something going on with this. Because the timing of it's probably the worst part, Daniel. Like, you know, players, I think, discover this throughout the course of a season, don't they? Like, it's midway through the season. The club might be struggling. You might not be playing your best rugby league and you start thinking about your family. You want to move closer to home. doesn't happen at the end of a career best year where you raved about how amazing it was and how good Andrew Webster and the coaching staff was. You win prop of the year at the Dally M's. Your team makes a preliminary final. And then after the November 1 deadline, you come out and say you want an early release conveniently off the back of a trip up to England. So I just wonder if, you know, the teammates from, from Tonga up there were just getting in his ear saying, mate, oh, the beaches, you know, forget the floods in March in, in Auckland, come over to the, to the beaches in Sydney and uh, we'll show you a good time. I don't know. But yeah, the timing of it's pretty, pretty bad as well. Yeah. Uh, for those who don't know the, the workings of the NRL like you do, um, explain this. And I tried to make that point. It's not as if there's any shiny free agents available now because the in what has got to be the most unique sort of contracting system in all of world sport, mm. the, the free agent period is open, but for 2025. Yeah, it's, right? yeah and it's, that, that, makes, that makes perfect sense. So <laughs> now you're going to have to try and conjure some sort of swap deal. Mm. W- would you be like me a little bit sort of mm, sceptical about wanting to bring him in, considering... There's a pattern of behaviour here. Yeah, hundred percent. And then this isn't like the uh, you know like our you know you guys are all very familiar with the North American sports. It's not like yeah that you just tell a player you're getting traded and away you go. You know the, the player has to want to leave and has to want out of his contract at whatever club you're approaching. You can't just say oh we're trading you. You know, pack your bags. You're on the next plane. The other thing as well is. You know, Adam Fenor Blake is irreplaceable. There's only one player in the NRL I would trade for Adam Fenor Blake like for like, and that's Payne Haas. And Payne Haas, unless he's missing his Kiwi cousins, um, isn't going to want to come over here. You know, Joey Tarpany's from Canberra. Adam's not going to go to Canberra if supposedly family's the the issue in, in Sydney. He's not want to go to not want to go to Canberra. And then outside of that, you're just picking at guys who, yeah, look, they might be decent props, but they're not Adam Fenor Blake, and so you're not getting a like for like value for a guy that's basically on a million bucks. So the trade thing for me. It just isn't going to work unless unless you can coax a James Fisher-Harris or a Moses Leota. Once again, I don't see how that, that works unless either of them are, are really missing home and want to come back to New Zealand. Um, 
and then Penrith obviously have to stump the bill for Adam Fenor Blake unless he wants a, a, a 50% pay cut. So that whole sort of just telling a player you're going to trade him because you really want Adam Fenor Blake, I don't think it's going to going to work. And then in terms of the November 1 thing, yep, stu- the NRL needs to sort that out because it's a stupid thing where you've got guys playing for the for their club the, the next year, knowing they're going to another club the year after. And it just it's very messy and you get all these accusations, oh, he doesn't care anymore. If, if he starts playing poorly, he doesn't care anymore because he's going the next year. So they need, to, they need to scrap that system. But unfortunately... You know, you talk about draft classes in, in the NBA and, and the NFL. The draft class from November 1 this year was very poor. So there's really not right. anyone you want to sign in 2025. The only name I can see on that list is probably Jacob Saifidi from the Newcastle Knights. Once again, he's no add-in for Noah Blake. So that is not a like-for-like replacement. Um and so then, you know, the, the conversation probably turns to Adam Fanor Blake's worth a million bucks. That's a million bucks in cap space. Do you just go out and buy three or four guys you know, to, to shore up, I guess, across the roster as opposed to just going for a prop. The, I think the biggest problem for the Warriors is last uh, last season, 2023 season, Cappy McFadden throughout the season constantly said, we're probably one prop away. He was always talking about wanting one big prop. They went and signed Roger, and that was sort of a little bit out of the blue. He admitted that. He said this was, wasn't something we expected, but we, but we took it. Um, but they were always looking for an extra prop. Um, and so now you're in a position where you basically need two, and props two. probably the hardest position to to fill. So I, I, when I first heard this last night, I was thinking to myself, well, maybe they'll be able to conjure a way to get a serviceable uh, first grader who's on a one year deal, and then they'll have heaps of cap space the following year. Even that's not going to work because the the pickings are pretty slim. Yeah, Jacob Saifidi, and I think the other one. I mean, look, there are only names that I'm sort of desperately pulling out, but I know um, Stefano Tucumano at the West Tigers was another one, Max King at the Bulldogs, who's who's a young guy, but it, it's just not... It, these are guys that you would back yourself to just sign without the add-in for Noah Blake Carrot, you know? You'd, you'd be backing to just sign them as free agents on their own, let alone approaching a club and asking for a swap. So um, it, the, the, the scales are, are very imbalanced, um, unless, like I said, you can somehow wrangle Payne Haas out of Brisbane. Right. Not well, that's happen. not going to happen, is it? No. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, they're on to a bit of a good thing at Brisbane, aren't they? So mm. I, I can't see why they, uh, anyone would really want to leave there unless, hey, they've got limited can, game time. Can I just and say... That, and that's not playing us as world. No, and can I just say, but um, I do have to give credit to Adam Fennell Blake, Daniel, for just waiting until the Rugby World Cup was finished before announcing this. I thought that was very um, courteous of the man to give rugby its time in the sun before getting rugby league back in the headlines. Thank you, Adam. Well, well, he's completely overshadowed the biggest international game of the year. And you know what? Rugby league, again, is not. we're not talking about the game. Mm. No, generally, uh, well, I mean, it's always in the news from no matter what month of the year it is, but generally from uh, November through until March the next year, it is all the off-field stuff that you start trudging up and, and finding out. So, no, no, into the ba- season too, mate. Into the season. Yeah. It's like halfway. We're talking about rep selection. We're talking <laughs> about players moving on, you know, 18 months down the line. It's maddening to this transient fan of the sport. No, and you're right in, t- in, in the fact that, yeah, t- tomorrow definitely is the, the biggest game in the, well, so, yeah, certainly in the New Zealand rugby league uh, calendar internationally um, against the Kangaroos in a sort of a finals-type game and, and a chance probably to win that game in Hamilton. I know we're heavy underdogs, but I certainly give us a red-hot shout. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a bombshell. And I'm sure as Warriors teammates as well, Will be will be gutted and disappointed because that group became very tight in 2023 and knew that they were building for something special. This this is another key problem. Like 
the, I, I've said this. I've said this sort of throughout this season that that Cameron George, when they established this roster and they bought in Andrew Webster, the idea was to do what Penrith did over the course of five years, where you mix bringing in a development system and, and younger teams, your SG Balls, your Harold Matthews alongside experienced players who will help those guys develop. And that was why Sean Johnson was there, right? He was there to bring through the young halves so that in a year or two when he retired, these guys were ready to go. It just so happened that we turned into a, a you know a premiership contender in year one. So yeah. now they have this window, and it really is a one-year window next year where Sean's on his last year, Torhu's on his last year, Roger's coming in for it, for, for, for his contract. And, and you know, we're going to lose guys along the way. You know, guys' contracts will end and they'll move on. So there was this one-year window in 2024 to make it happen, and we probably maybe needed one more sort of a little signing before the season began to, to really get the wheels going. And now you've got this, and and honestly, it's almost to the point where without Adam Fanua Blake, you, you, I couldn't see the Warriors getting anywhere near that top four in 2024 so just disastrous okay so if you can't find a player and he wants to leave and you allow like can i ask a transfer fee like seriously like, <laughs> why, why should i allow him to leave without getting something mm. you know of real value if it's not a player of real value that i'm comfortable with why, why can't why you know why should they have to that's a it's a great point that you make because i think it was scotty settler who talked about or maybe it was greg alexander who talked about this being a really prob, a real problem in the nrl where clubs can spend years and, and i'm sure it's a problem in world sport ones that don't have this sort of transfer fee system because you can spend years and years developing a youngster and as soon as he becomes good and maybe he's not at the best club as soon as he becomes good a big club throws a checkbook at him and you lose him and you get absolutely nothing for it you get nothing for them signing that player on so maybe the NRL do need to think about some sort of transfer system because I tell you what, New Zealand Rugby League and the Warriors would get a lot from all the players that leave these shores yeah. from a young age. All right. Uh, okay, before we wrap this up, yeah, you know, how, how much hope do you have that the Kiwis get a result? Dare I actually talk about a game? Well, I um I, I thought last week the score was was um wasn't yeah, wasn't reflective of of how um you know the Kiwis were in that game. They made some bad um, execution sort of mistakes, and and um, there were a few defensive lapses. But I don't think they were like miles off um, the Kangaroos. So given that it's you know sort of back over here because we don't generally do well in Australia anyway. So given that it's back here in Hamilton, um, and they've got that big game under their belt, so I I give them a shot. Like they're, they're heavy underdogs at Tabby, and I I think it's the value for money there. I'm not saying they're a certainty, but. Um, yeah, pound for pound when you look through that side, they can match up those Aussies. It's particularly in their forward pack. It's probably just the, the hooker um, that, that we're missing, given that we don't have Jeremy Marshall King or Brandon Smith. But I thought um, Kieran Foran actually played fantastically well um, last week. You almost wonder if he had gone into that hooking role a little bit earlier in his career, what he, what might have happened. So uh, I give them a shout. I give them a shout. Um, but it'll be tight. It'll be almost like that World Cup final, I think, Daniel. Like There'll be, you know... Uh, sort of four points in it with with 15 minutes to go and there'll be some big play whether it's positive or negative that'll decide it yeah just looking at the counting stats uh they're really even um except for the scoreline which is 18 points difference lastly sam and i'm going to ask them this on 0800150811 how do you think warriors fans take this news oh well i think about the fans as well like i know we were just talking about it from probably the team and the club point of view but you have to really actually feel for the fans because that they 
they got behind this team and all of these players this year. I would argue Adam's yep. not, not going to experience that sort of fan base almost anywhere he goes over in Sydney. I mean, that is a that is a cauldron over there. You have one bad game and you're basically lynched in the streets. So, you know, I think that the, the fans have every right to be upset with constantly seeing this happen with the players that they fall in love with and the players that they pay to go and see and that the players, you know, they buy the jerseys and the little kids want to emulate them in the backyard. It, it's, yeah, they have every right to be upset with this. And that's sort of the reaction action I've seen on social media is people just yeah really gutted and um yeah it, it, the 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 hardest thing for them I think to to stomach is the fact that there's no foreseeable um alternative you know it's not like there's just the screaming name that we can go after there's the obvious yeah. choice and it's a like for like and away we go it's it's almost the unknown and I've seen already got a couple of texts here just asking you know why don't we go to the super league why don't we go to England there are options None of them come close to Eden Fanua Blake. None of them come close to a million dollar player. So, yep, you can scheme about getting this guy or that guy. Why don't we get a package deal? We get three of those guys or him and him. It's like it just nothing will come close to replicating what Eden Fanua Blake brings. And that's probably the hardest yeah, thing I to t- stomach. Yeah, I, I, I tend to have a rule with it comes to trades. Um, the team who gets the best player wins the trade. <laughs> uh, you know, but warm bodies are one thing, but I like red hot talent. Uh, yeah. Sam, great to chat, mate. Awesome insights. I learn a lot so much listening to you, mate. Go prepare for your show. Appreciate oh, and, it. And uh, yeah, Maple Leafs Bruins today, twelve thirty. Daniel, go bees. Yeah, go wah. Oh, Maple Leafs. Way to bring me down even more, mate. Way to bring me down even more. The Maple Leafs. They'll win the year the year after I'm dead, won't they? All right, oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. Time now for you, Warriors fans, especially. Really want to talk to you about this. How are you feeling? Uh, do you see a path forward that ultimately um, leads to as much talent on the park? Let me know. Oh eight hundred one five oh eight eleven. You can text us on the Temper and Bedpost text machine double eight double three. Really keen to speak to you about this news. If you want to talk about the Kiwis and Kangaroos which is what I was going to invite talk uh, on today uh, before this news uh, broke. If you do want to talk about a game, feel free. It's 25 after 9. We'll take a break. News can't be too far away. And we'll get to you on 0800 